Reverend Thorne Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. Uh, we're getting a lot of folks hooked up today. Uh, we just had a big weekend uh, uh, in Seattle, uh, the 100th, uh, the Centennial Celebration at Garfield High School uh, in, on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we had the 59th uh, anniversary commemorating the 1963 March on Washington, D.C. for Jobs and Freedom, where Dr. King gave his a very famous I Have a Dream speech. And the one thing about that is, uh, is that the next year we got uh, the Civil Rights Act. The year after that, we got the Voting Rights Act. That's why I say the 1963 March on Washington is one of the most significant uh, events that occurred in terms of propelling civil rights. At that time, it was for Black folks, African descendants of the United States enslaved. Uh, we had over 250,000 people there. Not one person got shot. And right now, uh, I'm encouraging all of the young folks who are interested in civil rights uh, to uh, study uh, your history, because right now it's repeating itself. And uh, Jim Crow is no longer has a hood and a robe on. Jim Crow might have a suit on or a proud boy outfit or a 3% looking guy. So we have to be prepared. So uh, we have... Uh, as I mentioned, Garfield Centennial this past uh, Saturday, thousands of people were there and a lot of memories. And some of the people I saw was like uh, uh, Jojo Rodriguez, who also uh, was a basketball player at Garfield and went back to coach. He was at the Centennial Celebration. That's where I was glad to get his card. So Jojo, I'd like to have you kick off uh, the conversation and just talk about your years at Garfield and then I think one year, it must have been your junior year, they called the Garfield basketball team the Super Dogs. So why don't you go ahead and share some of that history with us, brother? Hey, uh, well, my story about Garfield, you know, I, uh, we, we moved here from uh, Brooklyn, New York, my family. And uh, everyone in my neighborhood, we lived down on 26th and uh, Dearborn. Everybody in my neighborhood went to Franklin. And my sister went to Franklin. She was a cheerleader. Uh, Linda Traxler used to be Brenda Rodriguez. So my story is she went to, I went to a basketball, a football game with her at Memorial Stadium, Turkey Day game. And it's a true story. I was on Franklin's side. I looked across there and the whole crowd was purple and white and they was dancing to Peter Gunn in unison. I said, I want to go there. So that's how I became wanting to go to Garfield High School and uh, haven't looked back since. Uh, it was great. Uh, I had some great times there at Garfield High School. Uh, like I say, you know, this weekend really showed me a lot of what Garfield High School is really about. The, the friendship, the family, the unity, you know, and like they say, if you didn't go to Garfield, you wanted to go to Garfield. So uh, that's kind of a little bit to start off what I thought about Garfield. And then also uh, you were, uh, 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 you played basketball for Garfield. Why don't you I did. Who was your coach back in those days? Well, we started out, uh, I've started out on the on the third team uh, as a freshman. Let me say this, freshmen weren't eligible to play varsity then, so they put me on the third team. Ray Jones was the coach. Then I played for uh, uh, Fernando Amortigui, and then Coach Harrison came in. Uh, so I played for Fernando Amortigui and Coach Al Harrison. And then I went back to coach with Al for, uh, I think I was with Al for about uh, 10 to 12 years uh, as his assistant. Let's talk about those Garfield uh, teams you played on. Did you guys win a state championship? We did. Uh, the Super Dogs. You know, uh, it's my claim to fame to all the young guys. When I'm coaching, they always say about all these other teams that were uh, that were better than us. And the young guys talk about it now. And I tell them this, Eddie. I tell them this. I say, okay, you guys have a three-point line. You guys have a shot clock. You know, you have all that stuff. You guys can dunk. We couldn't do none of that. And in 32 minutes with that super dog team, what made us super is uh, we averaged 81 points a game uh, in 32 minutes and we were undefeated. And so I tell them, try to do that without a shot clock and a three point line and no dunking. So that's what I think made us special. And the really special part was about the whole thing is all the guys on the team were from the neighborhood. It was, it was a true community team. We didn't have transfers from way out and everywhere. Everybody lived in the neighborhood. Some guys lived in Yester Terrace. You know, we all lived in CD. So it was really our really homegrown CD team uh, that came together. And at that time, you know, in 74, 
uh, they call it the turn the corner years, uh, they would very close Garfield High School or, or do something because a lot of what was going on in the Central District at the time. And uh, the whole community, uh, you know, rallied around us. And I mean, when I say the whole community, when we played that state championship game at the UW, the entire CD was at that game and uh, we bought it home. So uh, I think that was a kind of the turning point and started us back off, Garfield back off in the in the right direction. Let's go to Sean McWashington, who also was an esteemed athlete at uh, Garfield High School and a leader in the student body and did some big things after Garfield. So, uh, uh, Sean, I just wanted to get, get, share some of your reflections about your days at Garfield, some of the people you played with, some of the folks who were mentors that you remember that helped you along your way to become as successful as you are. So go right ahead, sir. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to have me on here. Um, I'm typically on with more esteemed guests than someone like Jojo. <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dumb it down for, for your audience and, you know, I'll, I'll slum it with Jojo a little bit. Uh, no, um, as, as as people may be familiar with, the last name McWashington is, is somewhat synonymous with, with Garfield High School. I have the, the pleasure of being the son of Amy McWashington former Garfield High School principal for, for a couple of different stints and um, also brother to, to a, a sister, Cecily McWashington, who is a Garfield graduate as well, who's, who's no longer with us. Um, I began my high school career at Lakeside and transferred into Garfield as a sophomore. And uh, the, the one thing that I'll remark upon is, is, you know, from the first day I was there at that first football practice, um, Jojo was right. It was, it was like family. They, they took me in with open arms, uh, made me feel confident and comfortable. And it was the first time uh, because I had, I had gone to so many different private schools and different schools ar around the, the school district, around the public schools. It was the first time I was really comfortable being my true authentic self. And uh, that Garfield experience allowed me to flourish and uh, played football for uh, three different coaches when I was there, Jim Creighton, um, Wayne Dickens, and uh, Mark Stewart, uh, and, and ran track for a couple of different coaches uh, who are no longer with us, Fred Beckwith and, and Coach Ahern. Um, and they just instilled such such positive attributes in me as, as a person that allowed me to, to grow in and, and be not just, not just an amazing uh, athlete uh, at, at Washington State and then you know, playing a little bit professionally, but I, I really appreciate the, the, the traits that they instilled in me as, as a young man. And there are several um, life lessons that I took from Fred Beckwith and him giving me a ride home from, from practice every day that I, that I still carry, carry with myself, carry with me today as a young professional. So um, the people that I had the, the chance to interact with, not just as peers, but um, coaches like, like Jojo Rodriguez and Al Harrison, um, in, in my case, it was, you know, Fred Beckwith and Ahern and, and uh, Dickens and, and Mark Stewart, but um, they made me into the young man I am today. And, and I'm, and I'm, I'm uh, forever grateful. And you went on to play uh, college ball at Washington state. And did you play in the Rose bowl as well? I did. I have a, I have a, I have a Rose bowl, Rose bowl ring to on my resume. We were on that um, at the time it was with the number one offense in the history of college football when I was at Washington state. So uh, we were, it was during that uh, Ryan Leaf was a quarterback um, that 97 season. Um, but we when we now all those records have since been broken because now college football, they play an extra game and they got a bunch of cream puffs on their schedule. But uh, <laughs> uh, at the time when I when we stepped away, we were the number one offense in the history of college football. So great times at, at Washington State. Uh, but but it really and, and, and great friends there as well. But it doesn't compare to the relationships that I have from Garfield High School. The only time that I've ever physically like shed a tear or cried around a sporting event was the last football game I played at Garfield because in my mind, I knew that though I was going to go on and play, like that was going to be a last, the last time that a lot of those guys ever got to play and compete. And um, it just, that I would, that, that they wouldn't get to experience what I was going to go on and, and experience for the rest of my life was, was hurtful that people had, um, that, that I just love to that level as, as brothers weren't going to get to have those experiences. And so um, throughout, throughout my, I mean, I started running track and playing soccer at age six 
and football at eight all the way until I got done playing football professionally at 27. The only time I've ever cried was my last football game as a, as a Bulldog. Well, that's saying something. Paul Mitchell, you have uh, 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 the Roots Picnic coming up on Sunday uh, at the Jimmy, uh, uh, Jimmy Hendrick Sam Smith Park. Uh, why don't you just uh, let people know what's going to be happening? Paul, am I on? Am I? Yeah, can you hear I, me? I want you to do while we wait for Coach Al. And also, we also invited uh, the, the principal of Garfield. Say principal, everybody think about Eamon McWashington. So we wait. He's, I know he had something else to do. And he will probably join us later. But why don't you just take this opportunity, Paul, to share with us and the listeners what's going to be happening on Sunday at Jimmy Hendrix Sam Smith Park? Well, first of all, should I go back? And you went to Garfield day? too, right? Yeah. Could I go back to my days at Garfield? Yeah, go ahead, right Paul. <laughs> they only I, have... I helped build a school, and all my brothers helped build that damn school. Uh, Charles and Mason and, and myself, I, I was back so far that they can't even remember when I was there. But, you know, we were always uh, the beginning. I went there in the 50s, 53, 52, 54. And it was, and, and those was great years, too. I mean, what, it didn't start to get, get great with the kids. It came later on. We were always tough, a tough school to beat in any sport. Uh, and was always, and I'm, I'm like shot. I mean, that was my best experience that I ever, ever uh, witnessed that I, I had is, is when I went to Garfield and came from Mini Junior High School to Garfield because I was scared to death because I was scared of all the kids from Washington because they were all tough and they were thugs and they were, we always fought a lot back in those days. So when I came there, I knew I was in trouble, but I, I ended up being one of my best experiences that I ever had. You know, and I, you know, I'm always grateful that I went to Garfield because I learned a lot there. I learned how to shoot craps. <laughs> <laughs> Everything bad I learned there. The good stuff I learned somewhere else. But I had a, I had a wonderful time, and uh, and all my brothers and my sisters had a good time. Uh, so with that, I will transition to the Ruth's picnic. The, the Ruth's picnic is Sunday, from ten to six. This is, this is a community picnic that we want everybody to, to attend. This is our 50th anniversary. Uh, I haven't been with them for 50 years. Uh, I'm with the breakfast group, and I we took it over 20 years ago because the original roots, and the roots mean relatives of old timers, and uh, they, they were all dying off. So they came to us, the, the, the uh, breakfast group, and asked us to take it and run with it because you know, they didn't have anybody left. So we did. So for the last 20 years, we've been running the Ritz Picnic. And we certainly have, have enjoyed our ride. Last two years, of course, you know, we've been, we've had this uh, virus. But this year, we're back live. And we're going to have a wonderful program. We got, uh, we start at 10 in the morning and go all the way to 6 in the evening. And we have a, just a tremendous program, musically speaking, uh, brotherhood, we have food, uh, we have games. Uh, you'll see all the, old, the all the people that you haven't seen in years. It's always great to see the people from the center area because we, we no longer have a center area, as you guys know. Now, Sean McWashington, you know, I came by your, your place and dropped off some postcards. Did you get them? Sean. Yeah, so I think you're referencing uh, a plant nursery that I that I opened in the Central District and founded. Yes. Someone's daughter has a business to run. I'm I'm not typically there on a day to day basis. I you know it's something I opened up so my daughter has the experience of owning and operating a business. Um, but if you put them there, undoubtedly uh, she has them there and uh, uh, she's doing whatever you ask you to do with them. Yeah, I told them to give them to you. So evidently. Uh, you, you haven't seen him, Jack. <laughs> well, I also don't, I don't, I don't see her every day. Right. It's yeah. um, like a lot of things that we invest our resources in. Um, it's not something that I have the opportunity to do on a, on a day-to-day basis. Well, I should hope now, now you know about the risk picnic and it's, it is for all the community and you know, the, the black community is dying off. So we need all you guys to attend. It starts at 10 in the morning to six in the evening, and we have a real full program, and we would love to have 
people like you, Sean, young, some young people, and and you are relatively young, uh, you know, compared to your father and, and myself. <laughs> and JoJo, and young compared to JoJo. And JoJo, and JoJo. And young compared to me. You know it, Sean. <laughs> so, you, so I expect all your old timers, your mid old timers, to show up, bring the family, bring a picnic lunch, and if you're old enough, we have a senior garden that we'll feed you, we'll feed you free. So uh, you know, so we're gonna have a good time. You should have a lot of people, just like just like the uh, centennial at Garfield last weekend. You know, I really enjoyed that, and uh, we're gonna be similar to that. We're gonna, we should have a, just about everybody that you like to see, which should be there. So I, I, well, Paul, I, hope- I just want I want to ask one thing now. It, is this the first time you've had this in uh, in a quite a while, or what? No, uh, we, we yeah we didn't we uh, yeah we didn't have it for the last two years. Okay, that's because of COVID. COVID. That's what that's what held up uh, uh, on the uh, the executive. I mean, well, the uh, centennial committee was supposed to occur. That uh, celebration was supposed to occur in uh, twenty twenty, but the same thing happened. The yeah, pandemic, same, yeah. no people were coming around. So. Uh, Eric, uh, uh, Al Harrison say he's in the waiting room, but I still see his microphone, Mike, so uh, crossed off. So, uh, Jojo, let's go back to you with uh, talk yeah. about uh, your endeavor now with uh, the West Coast uh, Prep West Basketball Coast Academy. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I've been, this was this year would be my 40th year coaching uh, in the Seattle area. Ooh. And, you know, Eddie, I got to the point where it's not about, uh, it's not about just basketball right now. I run more of a more of a mentorship program, uh, and we do kids from eight boys from eighteen to eighteen to twenty years old, and we have a program. It's a, a prep school. It's really called a gap year, and it's for guys uh, who say you didn't get recruited in high school, or you struggled in high school, or you needed some grades to get your body didn't grow. Uh, you want an opportunity. So what we've done is, uh, what I do is take them in a seven-month program, mentorship program. Uh, we have mentors come in. Uh, we, we, we track them academically, and we train, physical training, and we take them all over the country and play in front of college coaches, which the thing is in our league is called showcases. Okay. And uh, what I tried to do is, uh, last few years, is try to get to the Midwest and back east and down south. So we can start getting some of our kids to not to say against the, the, the schools up here. Everybody goes to Central and Washington, Western and Eastern. Well, there's a whole world out there of Division Two and Division Three basketball. And those are pretty much the guys that I go at after now, the guys, uh, Division Two, Division Three guys, National JUCO. Uh, we got a really good chance this year now to uh, really good connect with HBCUs. Okay. So we start getting some of these kids into a HBCU, which is uh, is growing rapidly as far as in athletics. Uh, they've always been there, but now kids are starting to really understand uh, that HBCU is 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 achievable. Exactly. And so that's basically basically what we do. Okay, um, why don't you guys hold on, uh, Eric? Why don't we just take a break and come back uh, after the break? Hey. Um, In a Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. 
Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. That was Pat Wright and Total Experience Gospel Choir in Tokyo in 2006. Uh, The songbird passed away a day or two ago, and uh, we want to make sure we uh, cherish her memory. And we do have uh, the winningest coach ever to Coach Garfield, Coach Al Harrison. He is on the line with us. Coach Al, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest, and share some of your memories from Garfield High School. Well, th- thank you, Eddie. Thanks for um, getting me on the show. I've, this computer I have right now is not uh, not operating right. Maybe it's operator here on this end, but uh, um, it's really a pleasure to be on your show with you, especially with uh, with with guys like JoJo and Sean and um, Stan McWashington is supposed to be on also. So thanks for having me, and um, it's really a pleasure to be here. So I'd like to have you share some of your most Memorable moments from Garfield High School. Oh wow, um, boy, it's going back. It's going going back quite a while. You know, I was introduced to coaching at Garfield um, with uh, Coach uh, Fernando Mortigue. I was his assistant for three years, and uh, it you know it bug bit me, and uh, I just took it from there. And the program just continued to develop, and now. Uh, and now we are where we are. You know, it's like I'm on the end of that coaching thing now. But um, it was uh, it was a it was a great experience. Uh, probably one of the biggest mistakes I've made in my career was leaving Garfield, especially at the time that I left. We were at the at the top of our game. We had just won back to back state championships, I think. So, uh, you know, that whole thing about uh, leaving and going to college and and doing that whole thing. I probably should have stayed where I was if I. If I uh, if I had a choice, I would do that. I'd do that over, and I would I would stay at Garfield. Well, I thought you'd be headed for the Sonics or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know that's a whole different uh, as you move up the ladder. That's a whole different uh, uh, different game, and you have to uh, you have to do things different in in, in college in uh, in the pros than you than we was doing at Garfield. I really, I really felt attached to the program at, uh, at Garfield because we, uh, we were community oriented. Uh, we were like, you know, if you remember back then, there wasn't a whole lot of positivity coming out of, uh, the center area at that time, you know, most of the things were negative, but especially around Garfield, but, uh, with the help of some, uh, powerful principles and uh, with some great talent as far as the kids are concerned, we were able to turn that program around and and hopefully make it one of the um, positive uh, experiences that people were having in the central area at that time. So um, we really felt that uh, we really felt that we uh, we as a school and as a coaching staff, we really brought, brought some uh, positivity to to the central area, especially to Garfield High School. Well, Coach, I want to apologize for misspelling your name. I apologize for that. Uh, also, uh, you said five championships, and uh, I also put down the wrong dates. I want to thank Tundee Salisbury, for the Garfield historian, for correcting me. So we have to correct <laughs> information on Facebook. 
but you've won five championships and you were Garfield from uh, what, 79, uh, 79 through what, 87 or something like that? I left, I left Garfield in, uh, in 90 and went to, um, went over to Seattle University as a head coach there. So I was there, I was at Garfield for approximately 12 years as a basketball coach, but I started working at Garfield in, in uh, 70, well, you're dating me right now, but I was at Garfield as a teacher and assistant coach uh, in, the, in the upper 80s. Uh, so, yeah, I was there a long time before I became the head basketball coach. So I spent uh, a fight probably 15 to 20 years of my life uh, doing something at Garfield, either teaching or coaching. So um, it was a different time then, though. It was a very different time. And uh, would you name some of the athletes that you coached, especially the ones that went on to play at colleges and stuff like that? Boy, you should ask Jojo that question. He he he's, he's more into my uh, coaching career than than maybe I was. But you know, guys like Tony Harris and uh, uh, boy, I can't even I can't even remember right now. Uh, but I think Tony Harris was the one that probably stood out the most. Keith Harold. Um, uh, going back, let me let me search my memory right now. You, you got me that time, Eddie. Um, but we had some we had some outstanding athletes at Garfield, and uh, I don't think we did. But to be honest with you, we only had a few that got like ten day contracts, but we never we never had one that actually uh, had a uh, NBA uh, contract uh, going forward. Like you know, like um, Rainier Beach. I mean, they have they had a number of kids who played in the NBA uh, with with contracts, but we only. We only had a couple that had ten-year contract, a ten-ten-week contracts, and uh, so we never, you know, we never highlighted. One of the things about Garfield, we never highlighted a um, a player. Um, the thing that I was most proud of is that we uh, we won a lot and we we did a lot of things, but we done it. We did it as a group, and I, I never structured the program around trying to. Uh, to uh, you know, showcase a particular player, in which and there's, there's nothing wrong with that because, uh, like like I'm saying, Rita Beach uh, was very successful at doing it that way. But that wasn't that wasn't our philosophy. Our philosophy was more uh, more team oriented and do it as a as a group. Now, Jojo Rodriguez, you were assistant coach to Coach Al Harrison. I was. Why don't you share some experiences uh, with us on the players that you remember? Well, this like kind of piggyback off what Al said and what I said from the beginning. It was more Garfield was more family oriented uh, than a lot of these other places that we play. I mean, that we are that we see. Uh, it was a family thing. It was, so a lot of guys, he said, didn't go off to the NBA, but a lot of guys went to college. You know, a lot of guys went to just to play college basketball and become productive citizens. But not a lot of NBA stuff. Uh, uh, you know, I was the first one to start the travel, the Christmas travel. We would cra- travel all across the country and play against top uh, competition. Uh, we uh, lost by four points to the number one team in the nation, Flint Hill, uh, which we should have won. Uh, so we played against a lot of the top competition uh, as high school. Now you see them do it all the time, but. Uh, Coach Harrison and us at Garfield High School were pretty much the first ones to start doing that, going out of state and giving these kids that exposure. But uh, it was a family thing. It, it really was. It, you know, what people don't realize, because uh, like I say we're going back in a time a little bit now, but Al was more of a mentor a lot than just a basketball coach. He wore a lot of hats. I mean, I got to give the brother some credit. You know, he's my mentor, but he wore a lot of hats. Uh, there was a lot of... People saw all that talent, but it wasn't easy having all that talent and keeping them under control and keeping them in, you know, uh, on the straight line on the, you know, it wasn't easy to do that. And so I got to give coach a lot of credit. And, you know, I was in there to help him. I was his assistant for a long time too. So I understood what he was trying to do. So I, you know, dealt more with the players than he did. Uh, but like I say, it was, it was a family kind of organization. 
not just no individual. So that's why nobody really stood out. And that's the fact uh, that's Garfield High School. I mean, that's the way it is right now. Yeah, Joe. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for helping with that because uh, you 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 know you're, you're a very important part of the uh, of the program, not only as a player but also as as one of my assistants. As you said, if you recall, you we left Garfield. We you came to CLU with me. Yep. And, uh, yep. And we, um, you know, I think we did some some good things as far as basketball is concerned. I think we got a lot of kids, a lot of exposure. And like you said, a lot of them went on to college, but uh, none of them really, uh, you know, excelled like uh, like some of the other kids did as far as uh, their individual contributions to to basketball. But I, I'm really proud of the fact that we sent so many kids to college and that we were as successful as we were doing it uh, doing it together as as a team. Uh, and that's that's not throwing shade on anybody's program because everybody has their own. A way of doing things, uh, and I, you know, I was criticized at point, some points in my in my career because we didn't we didn't run that kind of program. When we, when he went, you know, a guy like um, Chris Ferguson, uh, you know, he could average thirty five, forty points uh, if we were running that kind of program. But the thing I'm proud of with that team that went undefeated is that we had we had five guys that were averaging double figures, and we were undefeated that year. So. Uh, it just like I said, it just depends on your philosophy as a coach and what you're looking for in terms of trying to build your program. Yeah, there's one thing, Coach, that uh, I tell people that they don't realize, you know, you get all the, the haters back in the day or whatever. But I remember sitting in the locker room one time and you after practice and we were just trying to figure out what was going on. And you wrote down 14 names on the board. And of the 14 names, 12 of the kids on the team were single parent moms. And that's what people don't understand. They were single parent mom, twelve of the fourteen. Only two parent, only two kids on that team had two parents in the house. Mm-hmm. So there were other factors that we dealt with, and that's what made the program so strong that I felt. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that I agree. That was that that was one of the kind of, one of the things that I'm most proud of was with that program too. Is that we gave, you know, you take like a guy like Greg Gill, who came from West Seattle to, to Garfield, he came as a sophomore, I think, and. Uh, he, you know, he went on to went on to college, and uh, now he won't even tell me what he does for the military. I know he's retired right now, but he would There was times when he wouldn't even let me know what he was doing or what country he was in, because it was all top secret stuff. And you know, that to me, that 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 speaks well of a program. You take a kid from West Seattle who, who uh, you know, didn't have much going at the time. Uh, that's from from a uh, from an exposure standpoint, and now he's, um, you know, he would work for the FBI, and he, like I said, he was undercover sometimes. So I don't, he, like I said, I don't know exactly what he did, but I, he's one of the guys that I'm most proud of is because he was able to take some of the things that he learned uh, at Garfield and in the basketball program and apply them to his life situation. And now, he, well, he's retired right now, but uh, uh, he, he he really went on and had a, really had a good uh, good career. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Uh, maybe uh, he should have talked to Donald Trump about uh, classified information. He won't tell his coach where he is. Uh, I think that he could tell a former 45 a thing or two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, Gil is the kind of guy that could have that conversation with Donald Trump and hold his own, you know, because he, he, he can talk. He can, he can make his point when he really needs to. Now, Sean McWashington uh, has uh, has a venture going, and he mentioned a little bit about it earlier. So I'd like to have Sean, for the people who just joined us on the radio, I'd like to have him just talk a little bit about his enterprise where he has his daughter ready to take over. Yeah, happy to. I know one of the things that Al just mentioned, uh, part of the things that he dealt with was parents uh, or, or a, a, a team that really dealt with only one parent in the household, particularly during those times, it was uh, a female led led household. Uh, So one of the things that I'm very cognizant of as a stepfather to two daughters is how important it is to have someone in their life from a leadership perspective. And to that end, uh, our oldest daughter wanted to leave Washington State University prior to graduation where she was studying a business degree. 
And for us to allow that to happen, um, uh, she had to allow us to open a business for her to own and operate. So uh, I opened a plant nursery in the Central District. It's called Bush Nursery. It's right on the corner of 23rd and Jackson in front of the Amazon Fresh. And uh, Bush Nursery, uh, which is, which is uh, yes, yes, I founded it, but it is run by my stepdaughter. And she manages that business and it sells an array of indoor plants and plants and pots and accessories. So anyone that's interested in is not just looking to do it because they want to support a local business or a small black business, but really is in the need for some quality plants and, and advice. It is an amazing place to go. Um, the mission of Bush Nursery is to enrich lives through plant gifting and ownership. And thus what you'll find is that plants typically are priced about 20 to 25% lower than most places, pots about 30% lower. And it's really just to encourage gifting. So if you're in the, uh, in a space where you're looking to give a gift to someone that you genuinely care about. The gift of life through a plant is something that's an awesome gift that you can give. And a great place to find it is Bush Nursery on 23rd and Jackson. You, you heard him Thanks say so you can go to 23rd and Jackson and get hooked up. Is uh, Coach Al still on with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Yeah, Coach, I just want you to share uh, some of your experiences with some of the players that might have taken a wrong turn. What did you do to get them back on track? Um, well, Other than you know, he, he, it's always been one of my philosophies is you live by example. And, you know, kids and young adults, they have a tendency to uh, take, you know, that kind of action. Um, action speaks a lot, lot, lot louder than words. So I try to set a good example uh, for all the kids that came through the program, uh, I think that and this is this is kind of bragging on myself, but in my in my coaching career, especially at, at Garfield, I don't think I ever was late for a meeting or ever actually missed a, a game or practice. And I think that that that's just a good example for kids as far as commitment and uh, being being committed to what you're doing. And, you know, when they were saying that one time, like, I can't remember what the exact number was, but uh, like seven or eight out of ten pe people or kids, especially males, that were were fired from, from a particular job, uh, it, uh, it was a result of truancy, you know, not showing up for work, not being on time, those kind of things. So you ask that question, that's one of the examples that I try to set for the kids at, at the Garfield program was to be on time, be where you're supposed to be, and do the best jobs you can possibly be. And you know, do, do it so that you, so not only you're proud of what you're doing, but also that people are looking in from the outside or uh, have that same feeling about the, the job that you're doing. Uh, so you ask that question, yeah, I um, I just I just try to try to live live. Um, by example, and, and let kids see what we're doing, and, uh, and then just take it from there. Well, I want to go to uh, Paul Mitchell because Paul Mitchell, in addition to being with uh, the, the Northwest the Roots Picnic, Rollies of Old Timers, uh, he also is involved with the Breakfast Group, and they have a, a mentorship program in some of the schools. I don't know what COVID did to that. So, uh, Paul, can you uh, let people uh, explain to people how the Breakfast Group is uh, uh, supporting uh, our young brothers and sisters who are in the high schools? Yeah, you know, we have a, just an excellent uh, director. We went out and hired a uh, director for the Project Mister program, which is in uh, six uh, different high schools. We have expanded to also to include uh, Kent Ridge, but we have our, our, our five we have we have our Cleveland, Garfield, Mania Beach, um, Franklin, and I think they're trying to to either bring in uh, Westiel or or uh, Ingram. And what we do is hire instructors in each school. The breakfast group hire instructors to come in and teach black young men how to maneuver uh, and, and navigate our system and give them some basic fundamentals to survive in the world we live in today. And the, our, our motto is 
if they see it, they can do it. So we try to bring the best individuals that we can find to, to bring them before them to tell them what their professionals, professional might be. And whether they're doctors, lawyers, construction workers, or, or whatever. And the kids see positive, you know, influences in the, in the classroom. Black men, black men, it's very important that black men stand before black young men. And so, therefore, we've been doing this for since 1976. So if you count that, we've almost been in, in existence for almost 50 years. And I, I, I'm, I'm looking at my, in my house, in my trophy case, I see the basketball for a state championship for Garfield for 19, uh, 1990 and 1991. That, was that your uh, era? That was Coach Harrison's last year. Yeah. That's my last year, yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. I know you gave you gave that ball to the breakfast group as a gift. And I still have it in my case now. I'm looking at it. So yeah. you guys have done a wonderful job with Garfield, my old Amada. And um I'm I'm so proud of Garfield. I was I was there this past weekend and I got a chance to see some of my old 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 friends. Cause I was there way before you guys got there. And uh, and I listened to you guys talk about, you know, what you guys did. While you were there, just think what it was like when we were there in the in the late fifties and the early sixties. It was you know it was a new it was a it was a new era, it was an old era, and uh, segregation and, and racism was rampant, and you could hardly go out of your neighborhood. But today, our kids are competing with everybody, everything, our young men especially, and you know, and we always talk about how. There are sort of an endangered species, so we, we so we had to work real hard to keep our young men on the straight and narrow. And what we try to do is present to them as, as positive an environment as we possibly can make it. Uh, and okay, we teach we're, gonna, we're gonna have to take a break, Paul. We're gonna come back to you when we come back. Eric, want to take this break? Here's some more of uh, Pastor Pat Wright, who passed away a couple of days ago. This is a tribute to her. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. 
right, that's uh, Pastor Pat Wright, the Total Experience Gospel Choir, and she passed away a day or so ago, and we want to make sure that we remember her and her family and, and our prayers. Uh, Paul Mitchell uh, was talking about the Roots Picnic during the break, so I'm going to go to him, give him two minutes to say that, and then I want to go to the other guests to see if there's anything we left out. So, Paul, go right ahead. Okay, I, I just want to say that Pat, Pat Wright was one of our... Uh, performers each year always did a great job. Brought her whole entourage with her. All the singers, she you know, the choir that, that she led. Pat was a was a great lady. I think we're going to honor her uh, this this Sunday because she did a lot for us. But we want to see all the, all the community out. Come uh, and the weather should be great. Should be in the seventies, uh, the, the late seventies, and so we want you guys to come out. We need to set an example for our young people to, to let them know that black people still can get together and give a good party and a good event. And so I'm looking forward to seeing every, and especially you, you guys I'm talking to now in the audience out there. You want to see them where? Uh, at the Jimi Hendrix and African American Museum on, on 24th, between 24th and 23rd in Massachusetts. So yes. come on out. Come on 10, out. 10 o'clock a.m. to 6. 6 p.m. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I want to go back and I want to see if uh, there's anything that they thought, if Sean McWashington or Jojo Rodriguez or Coach Al, there's anything that you would like to uh, comment on before, as we wind down? I think I think uh, Jojo and Al are holding out on some stories on us. They're not really name dropping as much as I, as I would love them to. I, I know they have some if if they can't get into stories, I'm sure they have a favorite player or two that people would love to be reminded of those names. I, I know I can recall being, I don't know, I was probably nine or 10 years old at the time, and there was a state championship where the opponent was shooting a shot and it was about to go in and somebody got a fingertip on it and and forced them to miss Jordan. the shot. Like, I would just love to get a couple of those stories. Uh, and names of them Roosevelt. Yeah. Guess Roosevelt. Craig Jordan. Craig Jordan, that's who it was. Okay. So yeah, who yeah, yeah, had uh, JoJo Rodriguez, Larry Griffin, Ronnie Mitchell, and Leon Johnson. Does that sound like a starting lineup? That was it. That's it. That was yeah. it. <laughs> that was it. My you favorite player at Garfield High School as a coach and as being around was uh Ishmael Butler. Uh <laughs> he's that, that was my favorite guy, and it's my favorite guy to this day. Uh, he's a, he's a rap artist, isn't he? Yes, went on to win a Grammy. Yeah. Uh, played played ball at UMass. You know, he played ball at UMass for Calipari. So, I mean, I remember the day he called me and told me, Coach, I'm I'm not going to play ball anymore. I'm going to go into music school. And I didn't understand it at the time, but after a while, uh, it, it showed out what his you know what his true worth was, and he's doing great right now. I just went and saw him perform down at the. Uh, Seattle Center. Oh boy! Yeah, he was down there at the Seattle Center at that festival they had down there. He has a group, it's Diggable Planets, and and Shabazz Palace. This mm. is other group. He travels nationally, so I mean, he's a, he's a great story out of Garfield High School as far as music too. Yeah, his family grew up right down the street from uh, my family on Thirtieth Avenue. Yep, Barbara yeah. Butler. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yes, uh, yeah. My brother's name was Wilbur Madison, who was my brother Jackie's best friend. Uh-huh. Yeah, so issues, uh, issues all, get kicked out the house all the time and come to my house, and I just throw the blanket to him, go on, go on the couch, call Barbara. She says, Is That knucklehead there? I said, Yeah, he's here, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> he's here, Barbara. Go ahead. She said, All right, because <laughs> she knew he was coming to my house. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's good. Yeah, he came to your house. He might have went a different direction had he not that's come right. to your house. But he knew. Blessing but that comes, like I say, that, that all says they're coming from that program. The yeah. kids knew that me and Al cared about them. They yeah. knew they could come to us. And that's great. That's great. So, Coach Al, you have any uh, words you'd like to share before we pe- check out? Um, well, just, you know, just again, thank you for having me. Uh, it's really nice listening to some of the stories that. Uh, that you that I uh, hear, especially Joe Jojo, he's a him and Carl Irvin were two historians. Uh, Carl talked about Cleveland all the time, and Jojo talked about Garfield all the time. But they both were a very um, historian of the historian of the high school uh, game here in Seattle. So I was really really. 
pleased to have those two two guys on my coaching staff. Uh, one of my favorite memories, you know, I have a bunch of them. You know, I was there for over uh, 20 years, but uh, I have a bunch of them. And I think one of my favorite memories is, uh, is well, two things. One is to see that that that, that grandfather grandmother couple. Uh, in the wheelchairs, sitting at sitting at, at the court on the court line, watching us play uh, play basketball as a team, and I think that was one of the things that we I, I hope that we brought to the community was some pride in terms of what these young kids were doing. Um, the other one was uh, you know you, you probably you probably forgot all about this, but this whole Bubba and Brown Sugar thing uh, that we used to put on every every year as a talent show. And uh, we had to chain the doors on all the way around the village to keep people from, from breaking in, uh, trying to get in to see. And I think that's where Ishmael got his start was uh, performing in Bubba Brown. So, Joe, you remember yeah. Bubba Brown? Yeah, Center? he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jason Jones told the story of they had a little group, and Ishmael designed some shirts that he said on this queue, I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna grab your shirts and go snap, and it, your whole material is gonna fall off. And they, they were shirtless, and the crowd went crazy. He said, "As we knew, Ishmael was was a, was a star, was a performer, but yeah. stuff like that, yeah, coach, yeah, stuff like that is great." But that's uh, again, Eddie. I, I really appreciate you including me in this conversation. I, uh, there's so many things, you know, yeah. team was yeah. a place where the coaches hung out at yeah. lunchtime and we shared stories and listened to uh, Red Fox and. Uh, Richard, I mean, uh, prior, uh, just on a, on a um, record player that was, you know, 45, or was it 33 to third, 33 to third. So, you yeah. know, we just hung out there. It was, it was, yeah. it was, it was a place to, to get together and, uh, do some commiserating and be really thankful for the fact that we, uh, Gentlemen, we we're, we're out of time, but I want to thank Jojo Rodriguez, Sean McWashington, Eamon Mack couldn't get on him, get him another time. Uh, Paul Mitchell and also uh, Coach Al Harrison, thank you all very much. But we're out of time today. I give right. a shout out to my sponsors, the Port of Seattle's uh, 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 minor Minority Business uh, Development Program, Me and Rice, Diversity uh, Contracting Office, Sound Transit's uh, uh, Office of Civil Rights, uh, Equity and Inclusion, John T. Robinson. Ken Keel is the board chair for uh, Sound Transit Board, the City of Sales Purchasing and Construction Services Office with Liz Alzier. And uh, once again, uh, the picnic uh, or the celebration, I keep saying it too, will be <laughs> Sunday at uh, the Sam Smith Jimi Hendrix Park by the Northwest African American Museum off of between 23rd and 24th in Massachusetts from 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Bring your own grub. And uh, we'll see you there. Thank you, fellows, for being here today. Thank you, Eric. All right. Thank you.